This is Because I Said So, parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, John Roseman, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved. From American Family Radio, here's your host, John Roseman. A slightly gravelly-voiced John Roseman, and don't ask me why, because I don't know. It just is what it is when you're my age. So uh, my good friend John Howard, who uh, was the owner of Howard Books, the publisher that uh, published my best-selling evangelical book, Parenting by the Book, he sold Howard Books to Simon & Schuster, so I now deal with uh, the big corporate guys up in New York concerning the book, and became my agent subsequent to that. To my knowledge, he is only the agent for the Duck Dynasty folks, who include his daughter, Corey, who is married to Will, and uh, and me. Uh, not that I am included in the Duck Dynasty, but I believe that John is only agent to them and to me. And uh, John occasionally uh, entertains me by sending various stuff that he's found on the web and uh, I guess this is what you do in your semi-retirement. You you find things on the web. And uh, the latest thing that John sent me was something from www.fatherly, F-A-T-H-E-R-L-Y.com, written by one Patrick Coleman, whom uh, I know nothing about. And, and could not find anything out about him on the web, not even on fatherly.com, other than the fact that he writes the occasional essay for fatherly.com, which is a website, as the name implies, that's all about things fatherly. And this particular essay that John sent me is titled The Nine Words Parents Should Never Say to Their Kids. So um, of the uh, of the nine, one was uh, a epithet so uh, vile that uh, I can't even mention it over the air. You'll just have to go to the nine words parents should never say to their kids by Patrick Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N, and discover it for yourself because I would not soil the airways by saying it. And and to tell you the truth, I, I don't even can't even figure out why Mr. Coleman included it in his nine words. People who read columns of the sort that he wrote are people who are interested in communicating properly with their children. People who read my column are people who want to be good parents. Uh, these are not the kind of people who are at all likely to use the epithet in question. So why did he even include that particular word? Besides the fact there are worse derogatories that can be used than the word that that he used, that he included among his nine words, parents should never say to their kids. So, I've seen these sorts of lists before. 
usually on the internet, and uh, somebody else sends them to me always, my daughter, John, somebody, because uh, I don't go on Facebook. It's one of my goals in life. I call it an anti-goal. Anti-goals begin this way, I will never. And one of my anti-goals is I will never go on Facebook. And I do have a Facebook page, mind you. It is managed by my daughter, my lovely (laughs) assistant, and uh, she uh, masquerades as me. I hope that doesn't disappoint anybody out there because uh, I just simply don't intend to get involved to to any significant degree in uh, what's going on online. I've got, uh, uh, and I don't mean to sound arrogant, but I, I, I truly, I've, I've heard enough about what goes on on Facebook to know that uh, most of what goes on constitutes soap opera. And uh, I, I have better things in my life to do and better ways of using my time than, uh, than to get uh, than to become a voyeur into other people's lives. I, I'm just not interested. And and I certainly don't want people voyeurizing my life either because uh, more about my life is already known than I feel comfortable with. <laughs> so I, I certainly don't want people knowing even more than they already know about John Rosemond, parenting expert, blah, 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 his uh, wife, his children, where they live, et cetera, et cetera. What I ate for dinner is my business. You, you truly, if, if, if you would be interested in that, then, then you really need to get a life anyhow. So anyway, I started reading Patrick Coleman's uh, article, and, and red flags started coming up immediately when he said that uh, children are Argue, and this is a quote, quote, arguably one of the most marginalized groups in the world. Marginalized? Arguably one of the most marginalized groups in the world. And I, I'm, I'm not even sure. I mean, marginalized, that's like pushed to the perimeter, ignored. I, I don't know where Patrick Coleman's getting that. Today's child is an idol. He's hardly marginalized, either within his family or the world. He is uh, doted on, enabled, paid a glut of attention to. He has people doing a glut of things for him. Where, Where Patrick Coleman got this idea that children are one of the most marginalized groups in the world is beyond me. Anyway... I figured from that alone that uh, he doesn't know a whole lot about children or, or maybe just isn't paying attention. Anyway, here are the eight words remaining. Uh, one is bossy. Now, apparently it's okay to call a boy bossy, but it is not okay to call a little girl bossy because the term bossy when it's directed at a girl, usually, almost always, means that the girl has taken on, and the, this, again, Patrick Coleman's words, a leadership role in group play. And he says it can, because of the nature of gender, 
Oh, I'm beginning to despise that word and cultural indoctrination be shocking. Shocking, mind you, to see girls guiding their playgroup. Well, Mr. Coleman, this is, take it from me, you know, a guy who's 70, I would imagine I'm at least twice as old as you are, and phenomenologically even older than that. What does phenomenologically mean? Well, look look it up. The, the, the word <laughs> bossy is not used, is not levied, as you put it, toward a girl because she is simply taking a leadership role in a play group uh, where you get that is is just uh, it's it's uh, I I can't even imagine take it from me the father of a daughter who was during her preteen years a bossy little girl who in play groups she was not taking a leadership role it uh, was an it's my way or the highway role. And she was having great, and, and she may be listening to the show and she would be nodding her head at all of this and smiling. She was having great social conflict with other girls because she was bossy and they were not willing to let her boss them around. This was not leadership. This was obnoxious. And uh, my wife and I decided to stay out of it as much as possible, my lovely wife Willie and I. But occasionally Amy would come home and she would complain that the other girls didn't want to play with her and they were excluding her and, you know, they they ran away and hid from her and all this other kind of, you know, preteen soap opera stuff. And we just kept saying to her very calmly, it's because you're bossy, you know, it's because the other little girls don't like the way you try and, you know, run everything and tell them what to do. And no, Mr. Goldman is wrong here. He says that the bossy little girl is simply being assertive. No, there there is a line between being creatively and constructively assertive and being obnoxious and uh, bossy little girls there are. And they are not called bossy because there is some cultural bias against girls taking leadership roles. I mean, have you noticed, uh, you know, like uh, Carly Fiorina, Mr. Coleman, and what's her name, Meg, uh, who used to run eBay? Uh, There are plenty of women in the world these days uh, who are in leadership roles, and we don't call them bossy. I believe the word is successful. Although I maintain that if you are the boss, there will be times when, because of circumstances that prevail at the moment, that you, unfortunately, probably must be bossy in order to get done what needs to be done in a hurry and the way you want it done. So that's two down and seven to go. Then the next word of the nine that parents should never say to their children is spoiled. Uh, Mr. Coleman says that calling a child spoiled makes it clear that a parent feels there's some irreversible rottenness inside the kid. Well, you know, there is a difference between, to be uh, to be fair here, which uh, I will make an exception to my usual uh, demeanor and, uh, and be for the moment. There is a difference between saying to a child, you are spoiled, and saying to the child, you are acting as if you are spoiled. I might, under certain circumstances, have a problem with the former... I have no problem whatsoever with the latter, 
we're parsing semantics here, so I will maintain that Mr. Coleman is wrong again. Three down, six to go. And we'll be back with those six right after our necessary break from American Family Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Please stay tuned. Welcome back to the show. I am uh, on this uh, episode of Because I Said So, and and for those of you just tuning in, I'm your host, John Roseman, and family psychologist, author, syndicated columnist, uh, radio personality. (laughs) Uh, Now, uh, and and I love to add that to my resume, radio personality. You know, it's funny, you, you get in front of a, uh, a a studio microphone and, and you start playing with the whole medium and you really do develop a sort of a radio personality. Anyway, I'm having great fun doing this show. Not only this episode day of this show, but uh, but the show in general. And I, and I hope that uh, people who tune in find it to be fun, entertaining, provocative, thoughtful, thoughtful, thought-provoking, educational, and all those other things as well. So the uh, the next of the nine words that parents should never say to their children, which appeared on fatherly.com, written by one Patrick Coleman, the fourth of the nine words is smart. You should never say to a kid, you're smart. Yeah, I... I, you know, I'm, I'm just right off the top of my head here. I, I, you know, Mr. Coleman begins his article by talking about the overwhelmingly negative consequences of using these words. And I, I just, I, I, I just don't know where he got the idea that these particular nine words have, uh, you know, contain overwhelmingly negative consequences to the psyche of a child who hears them. I mean, this, this is just, this is the kind of apocalyptic hyperbola that comes out of a young people who take life entirely too seriously and then don't take certain aspects of life seriously enough. It's like their seriousness dials are all wacky or something. And and B, it's just the kind of apocalyptic hyperbola that people have been writing about parenting and children for the last 50 years. It's like, this is nothing more. This article by one Patrick Coleman is nothing but an, an example of the babble that has been spewed by, you know, various people, but mostly people in the mental health professions for the last 50 years. It's like common sense has just been flushed down the toilet. Common sense concerning children flushed down the proverbial toilet in America. 
Mr. Coleman says the suggestion of being smart is that the child in question was, quote, born with some innate intelligence that allows them to easily solve certain problems. But what happens when a kid who believes himself to be smart comes across a problem he can't solve? A hard problem can, under those circumstances, for the kid who's been told he's smart, precipitate a full-blown identity crisis. You see what I mean, folks? I mean, this is absurd. This is ridiculous. I mean, anyway, (laughs) it's just, I have fun with this stuff. An identity crisis, come on. You got to be serious. I mean, but here's the problem. People are reading this online garbage and they, 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 they are taking it seriously. These young parents who are on the knife edge of anxiety concerning everything about their children to begin with. And all this guy Coleman is doing is just causing them to, you know, start questioning every single word they use in conversation with their kids. I mean, what is the problem with telling a kid, hey, you're smart, or you're smarter than that, or, you know, I think of you as smart, and yet you sometimes do really dumb things. I have no problem with any of that, you know, but Mr. Coleman would apparently have a problem with both using the word smart and using the word dumb. But, you know, if the kid is smart and occasionally does dumb things, in my estimation, and I, ladies and gentlemen, are the go, I am the go-to expert concerning America's children. And uh, I am smart when it comes to children. And I say it is okay to use the word smart. Okay, so the next word is stupid. Okay, so you shouldn't say to a kid, you're stupid. Everybody agrees with that. We don't need Patrick Coleman to tell us this. However, does he qualify this by saying that it's okay for a parent to say to a child, you know, that was that, referring to an instance, something the child did, as opposed to personalizing the term and using it to malign the child's character, if you will, you know, that was really stupid. Uh, I'm, I'm shocked and surprised. I, I never thought you capable of doing such a stupid thing. You know, I don't know. I don't remember specific instances, but I'm sure that I said words to that effect using that particular word, in fact, to my children at times. And, uh, both of my children are functional, responsible citizens. So, you know, they're not in therapy complaining about how their father used to talk to them. So then we come to selfish, and uh, Mr. Coleman, of course, says that uh, children should not be told by adults that they are selfish. But I maintain once again that there is a distinct difference, and this is not a matter of semantics. This is a matter of uh, logic common sense, rationality, there is a difference between saying to a child, you are, and that thing you just did was, I have no problem whatsoever with the latter. 
that which you just did was selfish. Uh, you are being selfish. Selfishness is not a attribute that we value in this family. You are not treated selfishly here, and you do not have permission to treat other people, whether within this family or outside this family, in a way that is selfish. And we expect you to apologize to the person, whether it be your sibling or your friend or just someone that you encountered in life. So, you know, folks, it is important because children carry an inherently rebellious and selfish nature into the world, it is very important that there be adults in their lives who are willing to tell them the truth about themselves in a loving and constructive and direct way. And the fact that the child does not like being told what he is being told does not necessarily mean that he is being told something inappropriately or being told something inappropriate. N neither of those conditions necessarily apply simply because a child doesn't like what he or she is being told. Mr. Coleman maintains that uh, children are not by nature selfish. You see, he doesn't know anything about children. He he has this idealistic, romantic, postmodern, progressive, liberal uh, idea in his mind concerning children, and that is his problem. And that is the problem of many people in America today, is that they don't see children for what they are. The next word is liar. And again, you know, there's a difference between you're a liar and you lied to me. Mr. Coleman does not parse the difference and uh, maintains that uh, most kids are not being malicious when they lie. Oh, Mr. Coleman, you think a child is lying innocently? Oh, no, no, no. Please uh, wake up. Uh, drink some coffee. I mean, if you think I'm mocking this, I am, uh, and I am doing so in an unabashed way, and if Mr. Coleman is listening, it's probably hurting his self-esteem, which probably needs to be hurt anyway. The second problem with calling a kid a liar, says Mr. Coleman, is that it completely misunderstands all of the incredibly complex intellectual milestones a kid has to hit in order to tell a lie, milestones that should, in fact, be celebrated. Okay, uh, you know, my listeners are intelligent enough that I don't even need to comment on how ridiculous that is. Then you shouldn't call your daughter princess because uh, there is, quote, absolutely no need for parents to pigeonhole a little girl into a demure pink princess box before they've had a chance to explore other avenues of identity. Well, I called my daughter princess, and it was uh, obvious to her that she might have been my princess, but she wasn't my queen. 
And I would say that as long as a little girl understands that being a princess is different than being daddy's queen, that being called princess is perfectly okay. And the last of the nine is heartbreaker. You shouldn't call a boy a heartbreaker. Well, I think it's kind of dumb to call a little boy a heartbreaker, but uh, according to Mr. Coleman, this introduces a boy to the idea that male gender roles are about power. Well, all I got to say is, if this is the way, if this is characteristic of the way millennials are thinking, we are in more trouble in America than I ever thought we were. Uh, This has been John Rosemond with another episode day of Because I Said So. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, every Saturday afternoon, 6 o'clock Eastern Time, and you can do the math from there. Uh, God bless you all. God bless your families, and hope to see you.